It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, filled wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, five days a week. Make it a part of daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same as Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking pre-draft workouts. The Blazers have now hosted two with a total... A grand total of 12 prospects coming through their practice facility. I want to talk about kind of the pre-draft process in general, my experience with it, how I believe the Blazers will approach it, and how they've approached it so far based on who's come in the building. We'll talk some pre-draft stuff as we get into real draft season, and then we'll give our flowers to We'll give the flowers he's earned to Carmelo Anthony, who announced his retirement officially on Monday. You were listening to Tuesday, May 23rd show. Let's talk, let's talk draft stuff. Uh, if you have been listening to shows recently, if you're an everyday listener, I appreciate you. Shout out to all my everydayers. Uh, we've been doing fake trades out the wazoo, out the wazoo. We did a fake trade show all about a Pascal Siakam package, all about a Mikhail Bridges package, all about a potential trade back where the Blazers get 6-11 and 11 and Wendell Carter Jr. from the Magic and then are wheeling and dealing from there. We're taking a little break from fake trades. I don't want to um, beat you over the head with too much fake trade stuff, but if you have missed those episodes... Go get your fill. Go get your fake trade on. Go go get your fake trade on. Uh, now we're going to live in reality, get a little bit of news. The Blazers have hosted two draft workouts, as I mentioned. One back on May 10th, another one today or this morning, yesterday, as you're listening to this, I think is actually the way to say that. One on Monday, May 22nd. Uh, they've had six prospects come through. They also went to the NBA Draft Combine. They probably went, um, you know, reportedly they met with, Monty Bates or whatever, who's like a likely to be a probably a deep, deep second round pick from what I've seen, but once a highly touted and beloved prospect. Uh, but and I'm sure at those events they saw other people in person that have not been reported. But what we know sort of publicly is that they've invited these folks into their building. Uh, a guard from Creighton, Trey Alexander, a guard from Missouri, Demoy Hodge, and this first and this is the first workout on May 10th. Uh, Jordan Miller, who's kind of like a wing forward probably like a just like a wingy uh even maybe a two in the nba from miami dylan mitchell a wing from texas julian phillips uh, a forward from tennessee and ben shepherd a two guard from belmont that was uh guys in the first workout and then today's workout monday may 22nd's workout i'm recording this today and i'm just gonna say today monday's workout Tumani Kamara from Dayton, 6'8 forward. Tristan De Silva, 6'8 forward from Colorado. Uh, Nadir Hifi, who, who's playing abroad in France, a 6'1 guard. Deron Holmes from Dayton, a 6'10 forward. Andre Jackson from the national champion Yukon Huskies and Colby Jones from Xavier. Most of these guys, most of these folks are not, probably not going to be, you know, 
in the late teens, early 20s type pick. Certainly some of them could be. The Blazers own in this upcoming draft. They have three, they have 23, and they have 43. A lot of what this show has focused on, because the Blazers have basically telegraphed this plan now for several weeks, even though I think there's been some sort of more concrete reporting from The Athletic about it, but it's been very clear what their plan is for several, several, several weeks. And I believe it was first reported most concretely probably by Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. But like, this has been the obvious plan. It's going to trade, try to trade three, and the best thing they have to package with three for salary matching purposes is Anthony Simons and, and upgrade for a veteran. And none of the folks that um, came in in these draft workouts are like dudes who would be available at three. In fact, I don't think the Blazers necessarily need to bring in Scoot Henderson and have him work out or bring in Brandon Miller, have him work out. These are, you know, if you're building your draft book, you are very, very familiar. Plus, if you're going to trade the pick, you don't really need to do the like one of the values of having draft guys come in that you're really into is like take them out to dinner right you like have them meet the coaching staff have them meet the front office like get a sense of what they're like as humans famously james wiseman telling the warriors that he spoke mandarin chinese maybe caused them to uh, draft him over Lamelo ball and we know how that worked out shout out to gary payton the second you got to return home that's how well it worked out but none of the none of none of the people that the blazers brought in are, are candidates at three their candidates at 23, where the Blazers have first-round pick they receive from the uh, New York Knicks in the Josh Hart trade. And also in 43, the second round, one of the second-rounders, many future second-rounders they received in that uh, four-teamer with the aforementioned Gary Payton Jr. and the Pistons and the Hawks. This one is from the Hawks, 43. That's the second-round pick. The folks that they've brought in so far are mostly in that 43 range. Uh, I don't think... You know, there's a chance Andre Jackson from Connecticut. It's like a two guard from Connecticut. Chance he's up that high, but I don't think so. Uh, I'm not familiar with Colby Jones, but from my research, he could be up as high from six six guard from Xavier. Uh, he could be up as high as 23. Otherwise, seems kind of unlikely that any of the other um, the other participants in the in person draft stuff will be there. So what the Blazers are doing is they are making sure that uh, maybe. Guys they haven't had as deep a run on or are considering with a second round pick are in the building to get some face time to work out. Like you play three on three in these workouts. You can't even play five on five in a pre-draft workout. It's like literally against the rules. So it's like you just you bring three guys in. They run through drills. You do some shooting, a bunch of shooting stuff. You play three on three live. It's typically why you see uh, matched skill sets. So it'll be like, hey, you're a forward. This dude's a forward. You're going to travel all over. Um in general, talking to, to, as I have in the past, this is kind of dated information because it's more when I'm on the beat, but it was like folks around the Blazers didn't always love um, pre-draft workouts because you could just, a guy could just have a great day in the gym and then it's impossible, it's impossible to have, to take that sort of confirmation bias or that recency bias out of your out of your brain, right? Like, and if he has a terrible day in the gym, it's the same thing. So uh, th- there is there is some of this is like, you build your book beforehand, you build your draft book before and get as much intel, as much data as you can, and then you decide who you want to bring in. Some of it is because you're really, truly scouting them. And I'll talk about this in a moment. And some of them is you're you're doing their agent a favor or you're doing somebody a solid down the line to say, yeah, hey, listen, uh, you know, Dylan Mitchell from Texas has worked out for 17 different teams, all in the ranges from 23 to 31. Like he's, he's, he's hot in that, in that range. Even the Blazers have no interest. They will do, do someone a solid for it. I'm just using Dylan Mitchell as, as an example, but draft 
workouts matter. They matter. Shaden Sharp is a really good example of this. Let's talk about that in the second segment. But first, I want to I want to tell you about making sure that you have less stress in your life this summer. If you're trying to go to a sporting event, if you are trying to go to a concert, if you're trying to go see some live theater, don't stress about buying tickets. Use Game Time. It's the app that makes it fast and easy to buy tickets to whatever you want to go to. Plus, they got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. You don't have to plan months in advance. They got deals right up to the day of the event, plus exclusive flash deals on whatever you want to go to. And that game time guarantee means if you find seats in the same section in the same row for less, game time will credit you 110 bucks of 110% of the difference. So you get some bucks, get some money for finding cheaper tickets. So don't wait. Go, go avoid the stress. Snag tickets. Without any of that, with Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the redemption code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right. So, these draft workouts, talking about, you know, it's mostly wings and guards, like shooters and wings who are going to be available in the second round. These matter for a couple reasons. One, last year the Blazers went to a private workout with Shaden Sharp and then they invited him back into their building for a second time and then took him seventh overall. Seeing him in person mattered. Uh, One of the things I talked about when we did the show last year is I didn't really have a good sense of what mattered to Joe Cronin. Under Neil Olshay, if he brought a dude in, that was, it was mostly real for there was a long stretch when the Blazers, um, under Neil Olshay never drafted anyone that didn't come into their building to work out. And now I think we have, you know, it's not the same and it's not one-to-one as literally one year, but like the Blazers went to a private workout hosted by the Shaden Sharp's folks, by his, by his people. Then they brought him in, his, in the building for a second workout in person. And then they took him seventh overall. They were serious about it. This stuff matters. Charting, charting who's in the building matters because it seems like, it seems like, the Blazers value this, the, the, this regime for the Blazers values this data point, even if they're trying to avoid that recency bias. But more importantly, regardless of what they do, getting the 43rd pick right is going to be incredibly vital. Let me tease that out a little bit. 
if the Blazers draft Brandon Miller at three, they trade Damian Lillard, start a whole whatever, whatever, new rebuild, or new era, I should say, new era via rebuild. Getting draft picks right is how you get out of the rut and become good again. It's how you rise from the ashes, right? Getting 43 right is how it matters. Like, um, I'm not even going to tell you what draft pick Nikola Jokic went because it's insane to talk about things like that. Drafting's hard. It's hard in the top five. It's hard in the top 40. Even if you get a two-time MVP and maybe future finals MVP in the 40s. But regardless of what route they go, if they go rebuild, the way to get yourself out of the rebuild is to nail picks nail late round picks 23, nail them at 43 in the second half and have players that can help you and get you going where you need to go. Like the, it is so hard to get draft picks, right? Like just like, if you look at like any, like literally any pick, the history of it, it's like even the ones that are, that have been really good, like say number three overall have some stinking duds. Shout out to Mike Dunleavy and OJ Mayo and Jaleel Okafor. Two of those dudes went to Duke, just, you know, just for just, you know, just a, a name to throw out there. But there's plenty, like, even even ones that have produced the Bob Cousy's and the James Harden's and the MJ's and all that, like, duds, right? At any at any level, much less, like, deeper in the draft when it's incredibly hard outside of the top 10 picks to find someone who sticks in the league. It's just most players don't work out. It's the reality of it. So you get it right. Get these guys in the gym and get it right. For, like, these picks matter. They matter in the rebuild. And they matter the other way too. I think there is a world in which the Blazers make a trade for whoever, whoever, and that appeases Dame and he's like, cool, I'm down. OG Ananobi's my teammate or whatever it looks like. And um, the Blazers still use 23 and use 43 in the draft. Or they you know, trade 23 and they use tra- trade three back to six and 11, tr- trade six somewhere, use 11, use 43. And like, right, like we don't need to go through every permutation, but... I think there is a world in which you get two rookies. And if the Blazers do get really expensive, right, because they land an expensive vet, let's let's call this vet, just to, to throw a name out there, let's call this person Pascal Siakam. It's just a name I made up. And let's say that this person named Pascal Siakam makes $38 million and is owed a contract next season, right? Um, just in this uh, hypothetical scenario where we're totally making up a fictional person. If you go this route, and you have Dame on your roster making 40, 50, uh, uh, you know, $58 million in a couple of years. Uh, you re-sign Jeremy Grant to a 30-some million dollar contract. You're going to be really expensive. And the league is more punitive about having a really expensive roster. So the way to be able to balance that, to say, okay, we're pretty good. Like Jeremy Grant, Pascal Siakam, and, and Damian Lillard is a pretty darn good trio. But we don't have a lot of tools to get better. Well, the tool that you get better is nailing draft picks. This stuff matters. This stuff will matter. Getting guys in the gym and nailing 43 matters. It's kind of obvious. Like, I'm not trying to be like, just so you know, the draft is important. But it will be incredibly important for teams that have expensive rosters to get to to have draft picks to fill out the end of the bench because they're going to be your cheapest players you can add to the bench particularly second rounders, the cheapest the cheapest players you can add to the bench and the way to improve the roster because there's going to be, if, if the Blazers are really highly competitive, right? Like the rebuild stuff's like obvious, right? You have to hit draft picks to make the, to get out of the, the rut and the rebuild. But if you're, if you go the other route and you want to be a contender, the way to like truly 
skip steps in contention is to have a draft pick, particularly a late draft pick, hit. Because then you've got a cheap salary slot that really takes off. It's, in fact, it's probably more valuable to get the number 28 pick right than to find an undrafted guy because an undrafted guy is going to hit free agency sooner. And a 28th pick is a fixed salary for four years. Getting a late round pick correct, getting 23 correct, incredibly important for really good teams because if you're over um, the second tax apron, if you're extremely expensive, right? If you have a really, really expensive roster, which... The Blazers, if they build a good team around Dame, are going to have a really expensive roster because of how much money he's getting paid. So if that's the case, they're not going to have some of the tools. You won't have a taxpayer mid-level exception, which is a a contract, like a truly mid-level contract you use to sign free agents. You won't be able to take more money back in trades. Like There are things that limit what you can do with roster building, which is going to make the second round and the late first round picks incredibly vital. You've got to hit on those picks. You can't have uh, C.J. Ellabies and, and Greg Brown the thirds where it's like, took a flyer, didn't work. In two years, they're off the roster. You got If you're going to continue in that cycle and hit a, you know, a two- or three-year window over the next two to three seasons where you are really good because you make this big move here, step two has to be nailing these picks, which means bringing in... Colby Jones of Xavier, bringing in Andre Jackson from UConn and bringing in, uh, you know, Ben Shepard from Belmont and Julian Phillips from Tennessee, who did had a 36-inch standing vert at the Combine, the highest number of anyone at the Combine. Getting those dudes, like nailing those picks. Okay, this is a really good athlete. Okay, this is a shooter. This is a guy who can help us. And, you know, he's, he's maybe never profiles as a star, but he profiles as a really solid role player and he can play and he can be a contributor early on because, yeah, he's 23 and that's terrifying, but we need to, we're in this cycle to be good. You nail your draft picks, it becomes incredibly important. If they go the cycle with, with, with which they've kind of telegraphed they'd like to, which is be as good as possible around Dame, the draft picks are vital and these draft workouts where you get this data are vital and if they go the other way draft picks are their lifeblood for the next three to five seasons as they try to get where they want to go and be good in a hurry this pre-draft process and i've i had heard that the blazers were probably not going to do a ton of these in person uh we'll see if that holds and maybe that means that they're just going to have a bunch of second rounders come in and won't be big big shiny ones in person because they'll keep the, you know they'll go visit private workouts or whatever it is more and more agents hold workouts and stuff like that like the in-person stuff doesn't matter um or it's the in-person in your own building is sometimes harder to do because agents won't send their guys to go do a workout in your conditions they want to hold them in theirs but um we'll see and we will continue to track that here because who who shows up at the who shows up at the blazer practice facility truly matters it truly matters for whatever direction they go and what we've seen with the shade and sharp pick uh to be clear jabari walker did not work out for the blazers in person but he had been told by mike schmitz in the in uh, behind the scenes that they were interested in him as schmitz was transitioning from espn to work for the blazers so for me for Tracking who's in the building could be a good way to get a sense of who comes because that seems to be the way who arrives here. Like they've already come. It's like they've already come to Portland. Who who ends up getting drafted because um, they're that seems to be a, a, a one tell. It's important to to learn your tells when you're doing this uh, internet internet sleuthing. All right, Carmelo Anthony retired today, and. I want to talk about Joy, Carmelo Anthony, 
and your Portland Trailblazers. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks. You can win a million dollars playing prize picks. A million dollars would be pretty good. All you got to do is play prize picks every single day on your app or on the or on prizepicks.com. Because every day from now through the NBA Finals, second week of June, prize picks is going to pick one user with a chance to become a millionaire. All you got to do is place an entry after 8 a.m. Eastern time and one entry Cross prize picks will be selected each day, and whoever plays that entry will be giving a six-pick flex with the following payouts. You get all six of your picks correct, a million dollars. You get five out of six, $80,000. You get four out of six, $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash a million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry, and then once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. And Price Picks makes it easy to play that game like normal. All you got to do is download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com. Sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit hundred bucks, they're giving you hundred bucks. You deposit fifty bucks, they're giving you fifty bucks. So don't forget enter that promo promo code at sign up for instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Carmelo Anthony has been out of, the, out of the league for a year, but officially announced his retirement on Monday, May 22nd, end, ending a, sure, a certain Hall of Fame career. It's one of the 10... Uh, leading scorers in NBA history, a 10-time All-Star, a multi-time gold medalist, and a Trailblazers legend. This is not a space where I am going to um, necessarily sing the praises specifically of Carmelo Anthony. I didn't even love Carmelo Anthony before he was a Trailblazer. I was indifferent to him. I didn't love the way that he left Denver. I thought he was, a, you know, he's a dude who just sort of came in the wrong draft class, right? Like would have won rookie of the year, but played with LeBron, kind of overshadowed by LeBron's excellence most of his career, forced his way out of Denver, went to New York. It didn't work out in New York and kind of ended up wayward, right? Like Houston and Oklahoma City. And then all of a sudden he's out of the league. He's out of the league. AP, they want me to come off the bench. They did. They wanted him to come off the bench. It was the right move. But the Blazers, coming off a trip to the Western Conference Finals, put together a goofy bad roster that had no power forwards on it. They were going to play Rodney Hood as their backup power forward. Rodney Hood tore his Achilles. And that was after Zach Collins uh, tore his labrum, had shoulder surgery. And that meant that the Blazers needed help. So in December of 2019, they phoned a friend and they got help. And Carmelo Anthony showed up here after a year out of the league. He had been um, kind of just asked to leave in Houston. Hey, we're not going to play you. We're going to play Gary Clark over you. You got to go. You got to like, you can, you can either watch from the bench or maybe be best if you just didn't show up because your legendary career has hit a huge speed bump here and we can't figure out an amicable way to figure it out to end this. 
to make the relationship work. And so Melo was out of a job and nobody called him. Nobody called him. The Blazers finally called him at the urging of Damian Lillard, to be clear. This is a Damian Lillard choice. Trust me. At the urging of Damian Lillard. Call Melo. We need help. Get Melo. They get Melo. And he can help. He can play. Melo can play. That team was not good. Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside, and they were just a mess defensively, and they were, you know, eight or nine games under 500, and then um, the world changed in March of 2020, and they went to the bubble, and Dame went nuts in the bubble and rescued them, and they made the playoffs, and they won a playoff game, and they got bounced out by the eventual champion Lakers. Melo came back next year, and this time he was not a penciled-in starter, but he was a bench player who had a big role, and it was not perfect because he was on a bench unit with Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr. and Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony, and who is going to pass or play defense on this lineup? Nobody, as it turns out, but the Blazers were pretty good. They made the playoffs, got bounced by Denver, the blah, blah, blah. Terry Stotts got fired, then the executives all left, and Neil Dolce got fired, and we've here we are in this mess. Like I said, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to necessarily sing the praises of Carmelo Anthony, but I want to say this: he was fun as hell, and it is a reminder here in I think what is an anxious time for Blazer fans, truly an anxious time for Blazer fans. Just judging by emails, tweets, and YouTube comments, the way I interact with you, dear listeners, it's anxious time. What are they going to do? Is it the right move? Are they screwing up? Some people think they're screwing up if they go one direction. Some people think they're screwing up if they go the other direction. Other people are having anxiety about not knowing where to pick and knowing that whatever it is is going to go wrong. Ah, Here's what I'm here to tell you. Sometimes the most joy you will find are in the in a truly booty season like 2019-20. Carmelo was a treat was a treat. The Blazers, to borrow a phrase, were stewards of his legacy. And it was so fun to watch him become, find his, rekindle and find his love for basketball while climbing up the NBA's all-time scoring list. And then for me, and I was covering the the team for um, a now defunct television, local television station, but, um, you know, I was in the locker room and after games and it was really Carmelo was a treat as a just a like mature adult he would look you in the eye and answer your questions and I know that that is sort of like self-important journalist nonsense reporter nonsense that you might not care about but for me as someone who was at work doing a job and paid to ask people questions and bring the information to to fans Having someone listen and respond thoughtfully and look you in the eye when you ask them a question and say, I don't even agree, but here, let me tell you what I think or why you're wrong. Like truly respond, like truly respond to your questions was a treat. It's a treat. I love that from Melo. But the other thing that was really special about covering him was that his peers adored him. You know, I already told you that it's like at the request of Damian Lillard that he came here, but like Dame really revered uh, Mello and the other guys who were kind of in that sort of range, that veteran age range, like CJ McCollum, uh, you know Rodney Hood when he was when he was healthy um, or when, when he was recovering. I mean, like those guys revered Mello, and then the younger class of of folks, the Gary Trents, the Anthony Simons, the Caleb Swanigans. It's like 
dudes who were in elementary school playing video games with Carmelo Anthony on the cover. He, when when Melo talked, he commanded their respect. He was, it was a really special experience. And the Blazers were bad. <laughs> like that was not a good season. And then like the worst stretch, the worst two year stretch of. Um, of you know world public health history hit and the next year was very different and the bubble happened and all of those things and it just it was um, quite frankly for like my professional life around sports never really the same Um, it was but it was a treat and it was a reminder of how surprising sports can be and a reminder of these moments that are Sort of not like the moments off the court that matter, but unexpected moments can really bring us joy around this game. And I think for if those of you who are feeling anxious or upset or nervous or whatever it might be about with the Blazers' future, I encourage you to remember how special that mellow run was. It was really special. It was fun. It was fun to see a NBA legend rekindle their love for basketball here in Portland. With a jer- with a Blazers jersey on, and when they got to the bubble, Melo was huge in the bubble, hitting clutch shots like huge, in in Disney, making it happen at Disney World. Like he was, he had some huge moments on the court. He was a joy off the court, and he we got to watch him, an adult who had lost his job, come back and rekindle what it meant to love the job again. And to me, that was really special. And I want to. Just remind you that basketball can bring you joy in ways you would have never expected. So, if you do find some of that joy, make sure you hold on to it. Thanks, Carmelo. Stay mellow, I guess is what I'm supposed to say there. Stay mellow. (laughs) Congrats on a great season, or congrats on a great career that you uh, called quits after having not played for a little while. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this. Steve Blake once said that he found that he was retired when no one called to offer him a job. And I think the same happened with Carmelo Anthony, except he's going to be in the Hall of Fame in five years. That is going to do it for today's broadcast. I hope you found some joy. I hope you got some sense of the importance of draft picks and the importance of these workouts. I will continue to track them and share them with you. Um, that's what we do. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.